wait no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I'm your host, Joseph, and is on this very podcast where we talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation each and every Thursday. And this week, we have a bunch of news for you guys. We're going to be talking about the ESA leak. We're going to talk about the future of loot boxes. We're going to talk about Kojima at Gamescom. But before we do all of that, it's usually this point of the show, guys, where I introduce you to the greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson. Man, Kyle's a talker today. What do you got for us, Kyle? Well, one thing at a time. I'm only kidding. I'm fucking with you all. Uh, Kyle is not here at this very point in time uh, because, unfortunately, he's not sick. He would love to be here with us, but, unfortunately, his PC, it looks like, has bit the dust. So, we're trying to figure that out. So, hopefully, he's here next week. We're all having a fun time. But, usually, we then have guests come on the show, right? And our first segment is usually what we've been playing. But spoiler alert, I've only been playing more Apex Legends. Yes, I have a problem. Is it an addiction? <laughs> Absolutely. Almost like loot boxes are. But here's the thing, okay? This day has been extra crappy for me, so I need to vent before we get to all the serious news because we got a lot of it. So here I am. I wake up and Kyle goes, Joe, try to open the show notes my PC blue screen. And I'm like, oh, damn it. But okay, fine. You handle your business. I'll see you next week. God willing, shoe willing. And I was like, I need to find a co-host. And I'm like, you know what? We, not one person could replace Kyle on the show, right? That's impossible. We need two people to do that. So I get two people, right? I got Cam Connick. I got uh, Edward Varnell. They're going to fill in. But then what happens? I get a notification on my phone torrential downpour warning from like i think it was like two to six and i was like okay fine i don't know why my phone's gonna tell me it's raining but whatever <laughs> who cares it's just rain 2019 weather is not gonna get in front of a podcast like it already has this month and um no that's not the case uh all of a sudden mid the huge thunderstorm i get a blackout i'm like uh-oh this is not good news now, of course, the lights come on within five minutes and it's fine. You know, clouds part. I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to get our guests on. We're going to have a fun time. This is going to be awesome. Get another vibration on my phone going, uh, actually, Joseph, my name's Siri. I fuck up a lot. Apparently, this storm's going to last from whenever the fuck it wants to. <laughs> it's like till nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then mid middle of the day, like around four or five, I get another blackout. I'm like, are you kidding me? Now the lights, it's, it's more like a flicker. It's like a brownout. I don't know. Is that what a brownout is? I don't know. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is, this is getting on my nerves now. And then an hour and 30 minutes afterwards, I, I text, I text the guys and I'm just like, guys, it's raining. I don't know how bad this rain's going to be, but uh, if I get another like sign of, of Shuhei himself beaming down, I'm just going to cancel it for you because I don't want you guys to be recording at 11 o'clock at night, right? Uh, right after I send that, there's like, I literally look, corner of my eye, I've never seen lightning strike so close in my life. And then my whole house shakes. And I'm just like, am I in, am I in like the next Twister movie? What's going on here? I'm sick and tired of it. And so here I am. I'm just like, okay, I need to cancel it. <laughs> right? So now we push the show all the way to 11 o'clock. So it's going to be a little late when it comes out. But that's been my day. 
it's been eventful. I feel so horrible for Augusta. I feel so, so bad for Kyle because I know how much this show means to him, but we're going to make it up to him the best way we know how. So with that, this comes from Christopher Dridge over at gamesindustry.biz, and it is the ESA has accidentally leaked personal details of journalists, YouTubers, and analysts. Let's read this story because it gets a little crazy. The private details of 2025 games industry journalists and video producers have been leaked online. The list was accessible via a website through a download link. Organizers of the Entertainment Software Association told GameIndustry.biz that they quote-unquote regret the occurrence and have removed the link. This list includes names, publications, home addresses, email addresses, and phone numbers of game journalists, streamers, YouTubers, plus financial analysts and investors. Now, here's just a small quote of what ESA had to say. They said the following. The Entertainment Software Association was made aware yesterday of a website vulnerability on the exhibitor portal section of the E3 website. Unfortunately, the vulnerability was exploited and that list became public. We regret this happened and we are sorry. Now, Here's the deal. There's more on in, in quotes of what this exhibitor site did for people and what it exa exactly did was it made it so that if you're a uh, organizer of the event, you could then reach out to streamers, you can reach out to producers, YouTubers, whatever the case may be, and invite them to your game events. So this portal was kind of like a mediary to ESA and the exhibitors who are exhibiting the event. Now this leaked out and it was a firestorm, right? People are like, how can this get any worse? This is already awful because people's personal information, their home addresses, their phone numbers. Like I know people who literally I saw on Twitter, they're just like, well, I just got a text this morning from a stranger. I just got a phone call from someone. God forbid what people are going to be getting in the mail because of this leak. Like, this is huge. How does it get even worse? Well, it's also to mention that 2004's list and 2006 lists have also been compromised. So the question is how big is this problem for the ESA because they run E3. Have they shot themselves in the foot where this year, this E3 wasn't that great, right? Everybody was kind of down on it. Everybody's talking about how this E3 wasn't needed, right? Is this the last of E3? We're seeing people like Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo doing their own things. We have the Stadia Connect in a few weeks, right? Why and what is the point of E3? And now, why even go if your personal information has been leaked so easily? I don't know. Like, this is a terrible controversy. And I feel horrible for everybody involved because it's nobody's fault but the person that leaked the information out in the first place, because apparently she contacted the ESA. It was a small YouTuber. She contacted the ESA and she thought that they worked on the issue. And then she put out her YouTube video and kind of 
almost like an instruction manual of how to get this list in the first place. It was kind of shoddy journalism. And now everybody's personal information is at risk. That's horrible. Like I'm even saying to myself, if I have the chance to go next year, do I even want to like for the first time as a gamer, I'm just like, is it even worth it? If, if this happens again, because the stories inside the ESA is that, that it's a mess and that nobody, again, it's completely disorganized. So why do I trust this organization when they've already shown on multiple occasions in less than a week that they really can't be trusted? It really, really sucks. And this comes with our first question of the night. And that is the most famous Seamus writes in, do you think the ESA should get sued for screwing up with the list of journalists slash media influencers, especially the women in LGBTQ people and people of color who are getting harassed because of the leak? Um, that's, that's a huge implication, right? Is what is the ramifications for what is the ramifications for the ESA? Like, I, I already know I saw on Twitter Alana Pierce, uh, who works at Funhouse, uh, formerly of IGN. She was just like, hey, I'm, I'm looking for a lawyer right now. Anybody interested? I know a few YouTubers as well have just literally went, hey, guys, sorry, we, I haven't made a video this week. Currently talking to my lawyer about what can be done. So, yeah, no, definitely the ESA are going to get sued. What what happens to the ESA in the future? You know, when it comes to, like, lawyer stuff, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a legal expert, but I would say something horrible. I mean, their, their reputation has been forever tarnished because of this event. I mean, you're going to hear it in the from the beginning of November until the next E3 and the next E3 after that of, hey, should we even do this? Or are we going to get our stuff stolen or leaked online? Like, that's, that's the one thing I'm stuck on is the reputation of E3 itself is screwed because the ESA itself, who runs it, is just... It's, it's just... God, it looks like a disaster. So uh, do I think they should get sued? Absolutely. Because I don't want my personal information out there. Right? I don't want my address, my phone number, my email, my, my AOL account. God knows I need to protect my AOL and Hotmail account at all costs. So yeah, no. And especially, yeah, women, LGBT people. Yeah, people of color. Holy shit. You say one thing. And yeah, nerds on the internet with their body pillows will come attack you at will. It's it's crazy. And this story, I'm wondering where it goes from here. I wonder how many updates we'll be getting over the months because there is no way that someone ain't going to litigation for this. And I just threw a lawyer term out there. I don't know what it means, but you know what? Sounded smart when I said it, right, Adam Leonard? Wink, wink. So, yeah, uh, this is horrible. And I really do feel bad for a lot of creators. My personal feeling is you really have to... You really have to think about where you're giving your information and to whom you're giving your information to. Um, that's, and you think you're safe because this is a huge organization, but it really is just, wow, a disaster. I, I, I would be livid right now if I was a creator. So yeah, no, no doubt. Is the ESA going to be sued? It's to what extent and how much money and how much restitutions they're going to have to pay up 
to the people that have been affected because it's it's literally awful. So with all that said, with all that out of the way, I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> I'm just maybe an old time podcaster, but I said the ESA is all fucked. So with all that said, with all that out of the way, let's get to our next story, shall we? And that is No Man's Skies Beyond Update launches on the 14th of August along with PSVR support. This comes from Liam Croft over at Push Square. No Man's Sky's next big update, titled Beyond Beyond, will arrive on PS4 in just a short few weeks on the 14th of August. You know this person's European because they put the 14th in front of August, and you're really screwing up my dyslexia, so that's a strike on you, Liam. The patch, which is free for all players, includes huge updates rolled into one large content offering, which is a mix of features the team of Hello Games dreamt of as well as a reaction to how well the community took the previous next update. The Beyond update will contain the newly expanded online experience described as a radical new social and multiplayer experience which empowers players everywhere in the universe to meet and play together. Alongside that, PSVR support allows you to experience the entire game through Sony's virtual reality headset. Sean Murray signs off by committing even more free updates to No Man's Sky's players after Beyond, with, with more details on the upcoming patch to come before release. Now, this is awesome. Uh, every time people talk about No Man's Sky, even us on the show, we just talk about how awesome it is that these guys and gals over at Hello Games did not give up on this game. And to see what was something that originally came out, and it was just, for the most part, disliked amongst the community, amongst gamers, and seeing it come around and have a huge community of players behind it is something always really great to see. Like we talked about a few weeks back where the community is in love with this game so much that they bought a billboard right in front of Hello Game Studios with just like, thank you for making this game type of like, thank you, we love you with all that support. That's what devs need. Right, that's what people just need—a little bit more love and and admiration for each other. That goes a really, really long way. You know, I was talking about um, earlier this week of like when you tell a creator how much your content means to them, it means everything to us. So seeing them give back to their community multiple ways for free is really awesome. Now, I don't even know if there's microtransactions to No Man's Sky. Let me know in the comment section down below if there is. I'm pretty sure there isn't. So it's really awesome to see years after, not just fixing their mistakes, not just even giving another free expansion on top of that, which is what I'm going to be calling it because these updates are huge. Um, it's awesome to see that they're giving these things up for free. And I'm just wondering where the money comes from. Is it just coming from people rebuying this game? Is it coming from people that are ju just then reignited or then found interest in this game because they added PSVR support? Going, you know what? Last two years, wasn't a fan, but now that there's PSVR support, I'm in. Like, where do they keep finding new people to join this community? That's the thing that I ponder because I'm just like, how do... How are they still making this game and not charging, you know, some type of stupid loot box for it? That's the thing that I wonder about. And when it comes to PSVR, I'm going to say it for the first time in a very long time, 
maybe because the summer months it's so dry and yeah, I am only playing Apex and I'm thirsting for something different to play. Maybe I will check this game out again and try the PSVR. I know for a fact you can use the move sticks so you can have your mining tool and whatever else is on you and you could use it like you're using your hands, your arms and stuff. That's awesome. I wonder if there's DualShock 4 support. I haven't seen that. I only see in promotional materials the move sticks, but either way, this is awesome. And I hope, very much hope, that this isn't just a PSVR exclusive that this extends far beyond that because for me when it comes to vr i want to succeed and though i love my playstation vr i want to see this on multiple platforms because when vr succeeds psvr succeeds and when psvr succeeds playstation succeeds it's just a chain of success and so with that i want to know in the comment section down below are you picking up no man's skies beyond update what are you excited for? Because I know there's more than just VR. Let me know in the comment section down below. And with all that said, let's get into the next goober on the list. And that is Kojima to premiere a new look at Death Stranding during Gamescom's opening night. This comes from Brianna Reeves over at PlayStation Lifecycle. And she says for the first time ever, a pre-show for Gamescom will be held ahead of the event on august 19th i like what you did there brianna all right you, you put 19th where it belongs behind august behind the month all right i like it stop trying to buck trends and put the date like the last guy very european i don't like it the game awards jeff Keeley will host gamescom opening night live an announcement show set to feature a number of big reveals and surprises kojima is set to appear on the pre-show to premiere a brand new and exclusive look at death stranding so here's the thing i've heard a lot of rumors uh with the announcement of kojima coming to gamescom uh august 19th again august 19th behind it gosh um i've heard a lot of rumors that like Sony Australia or PlayStation Australia, rather, they took Death Stranding off the list of PlayStation exclusives. Uh, we talk about on the show how the you know PlayStation exclusive is not on the cover art whatsoever. And a lot of people are thinking that this is going to be this stage is where Kojima is going to announce the PC version of the game because Gamescom is usually a smaller show. And so maybe that's how Kojima is going to get away with announcing this game for PC. Now, here's the deal. Um, I'm, I, I, there's no way. There's no way with the Sony money, with the Sony push, that Kojima is going to break from that and just go, hey, this game's coming to PC. There's no way he's on stage to announce the PC release. I think the PC release is probably going to be announced just like with every other PC re release, probably a year afterwards, and then where the hype's kind of settled down for the game that's where i think the pc release is going to happen it's sometime next year it's kind of similar to that of like near automata when it came out for xbox it was like a year and change afterwards where the hype kind of subsided that's where i think kojima is going to announce this game for pc somewhere in january and now a lot of people are also saying or speculating that this game is going to be coming uh, or, uh to stadia in the future because Jade Raymond visited the studios 
of Kojima Productions. And I think that is a very bold statement. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's not going to happen whatsoever because technically Stadia is isn't a console, right? Like, I don't know how the, the legality of, hey, you can't, you can't put this game on Xbox. You know, that, that was written a few years back when nobody knew about Stadia. So does that mean like, hey, technically I can go in between this contract and, you know, get, get my game on another platform that wouldn't exist? I don't think that's, that would be the case because I would think lawyers have that contract down very tight. So to me, I don't see this as a PC release. And I'm even going to say this with, with what Hypecaster uh, wrote into the show. He writes in saying, Death Stranding is announced. It's delay at GameCom. Uh, don't, not a question, just a statement. Uh, read it on the show, you cowards. Well, I did. Okay, I did. No, this game's not getting a delay. All right, it's coming out November. We're going to play it in November. The thing I really need to see here, um, I need to see gameplay. Because everything else, I'm intrigued enough to buy this game. I am. Like, uh, they showed a snippet of the Heartman trailer of what this guy is. And every 21 minutes, he fucking dies. He, gives, he goes into cardiac arrest. That must be a trip. And then he visits the Hades. The, the I don't know, heaven. He visits his kids for maybe a minute and a half. We don't know. And then he comes back. And that exchange between him, or really just like a monologue with him and Bridges had me really interested and hooked to what this game may be, but I need to know what this game, what this game is. Because if this is, you know, Kojima has been touting it as like, this game is going to change the way we look at games. That's cool. But like, even like Rockstar tried to try to tout that with Red Dead 2. And really it, it was too, for me, it was too much, I know this sounds good, this sounds stupid. It's it was too much high art and not enough game. Where it forgot, you know, it was telling a, a piece of time rather than trying to tell me a story in a game that I could relate to. That was my problem with the game. Was like the mechanics, riding the horses, shooting was still archaic for this time. And though the story and the the set pieces were great, it was just it kind of forgot it's a game. And that's what I'm afraid with Death Stranding is that Kojima is going to forget to put a game in this game. <laughs> Yo, dog, I heard you like games. So, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens with uh, Kojima, with Death Stranding at Gamescom. I'm, I'm excited to see, man. I'm optimistic. I really like to see Gamescom step it up and go, no, 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 we're a big show too. I love that Jeff Keighley is having a show where, you know, all these old games or big games get to come on, share a stage and share what is the beauty of video games. All these awesome game releases, you know, that's really cool. Again, ESA, you better watch. I'm just saying, there's a lot of people like Gamescom, like Jeff Keighley, they're putting a lot of thought into these ways of connecting with gamers that E3 is just losing it. With that, let's get to the next story on the list. And you know what, before we do, can I just take a drink of water just for a second? I'm sorry, this is a Nintendo bottle. My apologies. I know, this is awful, but refreshing. And you know what, it's a kick-ass bottle. I don't apologize. Don't apologize for anything. Destiny 2. Shadow Keep delayed two weeks along with New Light to get the next big step in the series right. This comes from Chandler Wood over at PlayStation Lifecycle. Uh, Lifestyle. Lifecycle. Oh my 
Jesus. Originally set for release on September 17th, Destiny 2 Shadow Keep, the next major expansion in the Destiny universe, has been pushed back to October 1st, three days before my birthday. Thank you, Luke Smith. <clears throat> Along with this delay, the free-to-play Destiny 2 New Light base game has also been pushed back to October 1st, 2019's release date. Uh, Bungie released a statement on its blog talking about the delay. Luke Smith, the creator creative director said this this fall is the first step on a journey for what our team wants destiny 2 to become a place for you and your friends to play anytime anywhere owning the action mmo and rpg elements that we love about the game and crushing barriers to entries for friends we just need an extra bit of time to take the first step don't make we don't make this decision lightly. We know for some of you, us too, destiny releases are events where you take time off work or develop a sudden sickness that keeps you from school or work. We get it. A bunch of our team takes some time off to go on our own Destiny Jacket quest. We're sorry for screwing up your plans, and we wanted to share this information as quickly as we could. This is really awesome. This is the article. Back to me. Um, this is really awesome. This is Bungie really owning their independence. And really, they, they talked about it a few months ago, saying, listen, we don't want to crunch our team. And this is an awesome way of showing, hey, listen. We're going to be delaying this game another two weeks because it's we're we're not meeting the time needed. So we're just going to, instead of making our, our office work, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 plus hour weeks, we're just going to push the game back two weeks. And I think that's really awesome. It builds that healthy mentality between the game devs and the community being outwardly open about delays is a good thing. And even with the fact of like, hey, I love the quote of like, we get it. This game is an event to people. Uh, you might be having, you know, a sick day here or there, or taking a personal day for this uh, game. I know I've done that. I know when I was in high school, I was just like, uh, uh, I'm sick. Where's Halo 3? Cough, cough. You know, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 3. Cough, cough. Last of Us. Like, I get it. I was on this boat too. So... I like what they're saying here. Again, I love that the fact that they're not crunching their team. They're just like, guys, take as much time as you need. I'm in no rush. I only know that, you know, the, the Stadia uh, launch kind of kind of banks on Destiny to come out. But really, take as much time as you need. No rush. The holiday season is getting crazy. But we get a question from Adam, Adam Watson, and he writes in asking the following. Greetings from Alaska. Holy shit, you're the viewer from Alaska. What's up, Adam Watson? Uh, is Destiny 2 worth getting back into? I've not touched it since the third month after launch. If yes, what have been the key changes since then? All right, so first things first. Adam Watson's from Alaska. Um, I, I don't assume that Alaskans sound like they're from Minnesota, but uh, if you do, uh, listen... I would tell you the changes that has happened in Destiny 2, but uh, to be completely honest, everything's about to change on October 1st. So, like, if you're on the fence of, like, should I get in back into Destiny? Should I hold off? I would say 
hold off until October 1st so you get that new light expansion. It's the free-to-play. It is the foot in the door you need to get into Destiny because, yeah, a, a lot has changed. So the story has progressed. It has gotten more RPG gear based uh the quests i know a lot of people are, are complaining i believe about a rocket launcher quest because it's too hard to get so they're really trying to bank on their their high-end players right the end game players where the, you know they're hardcore they're they're farming gear left and right they're really banking on that portion of the audience and they're really not going for casuals anymore which to me is a good thing because they're focusing on the action MMO RPG elements and those elements, right? If, if you're like me, they're always kind of lacking from destiny. It was kind of like, I see where you're getting with the social hub, but just give me something more. So to me, destiny two, I know I played a bit of forsaken and I liked it a lot. I love the new weapons that they've implemented there. That, that bow, was freaking sick but i would definitely add him hold off just just wait just wait october 1st it's happening or maybe they delay it again and you know what more power to them but for question for you adam how's alaska what's alaska like because honestly god i think about that sometimes because like you know i'm from jersey you can tell from my accent and so like sometimes i'm just like what is it like living in montana you know, like Montana is a state that I believe nine people live in, you know, when people go, oh, I'm from Wisconsin. I'm like, no, what's in Wisconsin? You know, North Dakota, South Dakota might as well just be one Dakota because I don't think they exist either. A lot of the, you know what? A lot of the airplane states in the United States just don't believe in Utah. Sure. Cause I hear a lot of, st well, maybe even Utah is on the shit list of like, I don't believe is actually a state. I don't know, you know, Oklahoma City's actually in Missouri. Like, what the fuck? Or Kansas? You know, like, what? You know what? No, Kansas City is an enigma. <laughs> you know. So when I'm thinking Alaska, I'm thinking Sarah Palin. Yikes! I'm thinking of like I'm thinking of uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. because he was in that one movie with the dog sleds. Um, now I'm thinking of Airbud. So you let me know what Alaska's like, and. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> you know what? The, oh, okay, on this Alaska tangent for just two more seconds. I heard like pizza over there is like thirty bucks, and like they fly it to you. I'm not fucking joking with you, Adam. That's what I've heard. <laughs> like, 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 there's just some place in Alaska it's really hard to get to. I don't know. Can you see Russia from your house? Okay, last question. That was the last question. Ducktales remastered demonstrates the dangers of digital. It, oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> Let's start this all over Because <laughs> the Russia thing really got with me. De DuckTales Remastered demonstrates the dangers of digital with delisting. This comes from Sammy Baker over at Push Square. Starting on August 9th, he's doing it right. Uh, at approximately 8 a.m. PST, the revamped PlayStation 3 platformer will be removed from the PlayStation Store, meaning you will no longer be able to purchase it. Don't worry, if you bought this game prior to that date, it will still appear in your download list, where it will remain until the day Sony switches off its servers. The release is currently discounted by 75% while it's still available, so if you want it, grab it while you can. It goes without saying that the disc copies of the game will be completely unaffected. 
this is a sign of the times, man. <laughs> this is we we saw this um we saw this last year, right? With Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2. Remember that remaster which I heard horrible things about. It came out, nobody liked it, and then a year afterwards they're like, "And eh, we're taking it off," you know? And the reason why they took it they delisted it is Marvel verse I'm sorry, Marvel verse. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, Nintendo had that deal with, right? Uh uh with Marvel. And so the way I see that deal was Activision saw that they were going to be losing the license of Ultimate Alliance. Then they were just like, okay, well, let's make a really cheap port of this game, sell it at a premium, get our money while we can, and then just run out the door with our, you know, Scrooge McDuck money talking about DuckTales. Holy shit. What a, what a, I lassoed that one in. Uh, so yeah, I, I I see this as the same. I actually think this delisting means that there's probably another Duck game, uh, uh, DuckTales game in the works, and that's why they delisted it. I know because like now there's a new DuckTales. I think Danny Moynihan's in it, and he's hilarious. Um, so maybe in a totally different art style, maybe they don't want to confuse a young demographic of what DuckTales game is the old one and what DuckTales game is the new one. Or it just means it's going to another publisher, and that's why this DuckTales game is getting delisted. There's multiple reasons as to why all of them suck. <laughs> as I'm even trying to just wrap it around my head, this all sucks. This is the, the dangers of digital distribution, because what happens when Sony switches off that server? Right, that's not your the game's Dunzos. And I know a lot of people argue, well, you can't buy this game in, in stores anymore, right? You probably get the Wii U version. Remember, nobody bought that thing. But like, there's it's not in stores, so you, whatever. But you can still go on eBay and pay you know a hundred bucks for Ducktales, right? You can still pay two hundred dollars for Ultimate Alliance somewhere on on Craigslist, right? So like, you can still play those games. Yes, they're hard to get, but at least they're there, and you're not reliant on a server in order to play them. Or yeah, really, just in order to play your game. So it sucks. But I don't know. Is this the future that we've been dreading? You know, is this the Judgment Day future we've been dreading? Or should we demand that, hey, if I bought a game, Sony, you don't get to close that server down, right? And I think that's what hopefully we're seeing in the future with PlayStation uh, going into PlayStation 5 where they've already said it's going to be fully backwards compatible. We see Microsoft saying everything's forward compatible. Um, you know, Maybe that's the way of preserving these games, but true, it's like how much space do you have in a in a warehouse in a server farm somewhere? Not a lot. So, yeah, this is the danger of digital. The the but the ultimate gain is it's the convenience of it, you know. And most of the times, people don't go back to their library as much as this sucks. I'm not tempted to go pay the three dollars and seventy five cents to go play this on my PS3. Just not. You know, but famous Seamus writes in, he has a really great question. Since DuckTales Remastered is being removed on digital storefronts, what are your favorite games that you can't buy anymore due to it not being able to be bought, bought in stores or digital stores? So here's here's one of my biggest gaming regrets, famous Seamus. I sold my original copy for Red Dead Redemption. I sold my original copy of Red Dead. Uh for what? All right, everybody stay in your seats. All right, don't change this channel. I swear, I'm sorry, and I made a mistake, and I promise I'll never do it again. 
I only kid. I, I sold I sold my awesome copy of Last of Us. Anyway, I sold my Red Dead Redemption copy for an Xbox Connect. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. You were the controller, remember? With the hands. I'm s i am know, I know. We were mis I was young and naive and stupid. Okay. I'm sorry. That's my biggest regret because I love I love the original Red Dead Redemption. It's one of my favorite games of all time. And I always have the clamoring of going back. And yeah, you could buy that game digital. That game's never going anywhere, you know? But um, I there's something about owning that physical disc, right? And something about having your memories attached to that piece of plastic. It's why people get so passionate of like, I love Xbox. I fucking hate Xbox, right? Like, People get passionate about those things because they, I, I've spent hundreds of hours in Last of Us, right? There are moments in God of War I, I will cherish to the day I do it, right? Horizon Zero Dawn, an amazing experience. And like, you look at that piece of plastic fondly because there's memories attached. Same with that game. That is one of my regrets. Also, yes, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2. Man, man, that was a regret that me not picking up and now it's delisted. Even if it's a bad port, I don't care. Anyway, with that, if you're a big fan of the DuckTales, more like, oh, no. If Kyle was here, he'd be so disappointed in me. Rocket League. Next story. Rocket League is ditching paid randomized loot boxes. This comes from Stephen Talby over at Push Square, and it starts with a, a quote from Psyonix. Here at Psyonix and Epic Games as a whole, we are dedicated to creating the best possible experience for our players all over the world, the studio said in a blog post. In pursuit of that goal, later this year, we will remove all paid randomized loot crates from Rocket League and replacing them with a system that shows exactly what items you're buying in advance. Now going to the article, not all premium services are going away, however. The Rocket Pass, DLC vehicles, and eSports shop items will still be available for purchase. Psionics is simply removing the random element of the crates, and you will see what items you're getting for your money before you pull the trigger. Microtransactions will still be in Rocket League, but at least you won't be splashing out cosmetics you don't actually want. Thank God, praise be to you, also with you. This is awesome. This is the first big step in getting rid of loot boxes, one of the biggest games in the industry right now, in esports, getting rid of them. It's awesome. I heard uh, Fortnite also, the Save the World mode is also getting rid of loot boxes as well. They call, I think they were like llama pinatas. So awesome. Loot boxes are dumb. They are stupid. And as long as you have items that incentivizes people to buy them at reasonable prices, people will buy them. And I mean, we've seen that with Rocket League, right? Countless, countless crossovers, whether it's Jurassic Park, whether it's Batman, whether it's Back to the Future, and yes, every single version of that game that I have on every single platform I've bought that car on, and don't regret it, it's a fucking DeLorean. Um, they're all like a buck or two. So you don't care. So like, as long as games tell me what I'm buying up front, and don't hide it behind a, a you know a twenty sided dice. I'm fine with it. And with that, we're gonna go even further into the next story that's kind of just tied into this no loot box story. The ESA, yeah, we're talking about them again. Says Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo will start 
disclosing loot box odds. This comes from Ethan Gotch over at Kotaku. He writes, the Entertainment Software Association has announced that Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony will be required to implement new policies requiring the disclosure of all loot box odds for games on their platforms. And it comes with a quote. I'm pleased to announce this morning that Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony, Jesus, if I gotta say it again, I'm gonna slap Kyle, have indicated to the ESA a commitment to new platform policies with the respect to use of paid loot boxes in games that are developed on their platform. Mike, I'm not going to even, I'm listen, Mike, I'm not going to try to pronounce that name. Warchinecki, ESA's chief counsel, I tried, for tech policy said earlier today at a workshop on loot boxes held by the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, another quote, specifically, this would apply to new games and game updates that add loot box features and would require that the disclosure of the relative rarity pro- probabilities of obtaining randomized video virtual items in games that are available on all platforms. Holy Jesus. That was a tongue twister of a quote. When asked about these coming changes, a Sony spokesperson gave Kotaku the following statement. Uh, SIE aims to ensure PlayStation users have access to information and tools such as parental wallet controls that will help them make informed decisions about in-game purchases. We support the industry's effort to disclose the probability of obtaining randomized virtual items known as loot boxes and are committed to providing the consumers with the information for all games we produce and publish. And then that e, uh, SIE representative turned off. He booted his boop, 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 because that 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 quote was, was said from a robot. I don't believe a person would, uh, the virtual decisions made, no one talks like that, dude. Jesus Christ. What they're saying here is, yeah, SIE, we always try our best to make sure that parents are in control of the wallets, that people are always safe when they're purchasing things on our, our our store. Now, we all know that's bullshit, right? We, we're Sony, you know, we're a PlayStation podcast, but that's bullshit. They want you to spend as much money as humanly possible. And they're only doing this, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, they're all only doing this to get the government off their back because what have we heard ever since Battlefront 2 is how evil loot boxes are. They're the devil. And then we see state legislators, we see Congress people, senators looking down, forming committees to look at loot boxes, whether it's here in the States, whether it's in parliaments in the UK, France, or Belgium, they're all looking at loot boxes. And so they have been tarnished, right? We just talked about Rocket League getting rid of loot boxes in their game. And so if Sony has to disclose everything, it kind of first for me takes the pressure off of like EA, Activision, Ubisoft. Uh, Does Ubisoft do loot boxes? I don't know. But it takes it takes off the pressure, uh, Warner Brothers, of those publishers having to be the bad guy right now. Now EA has to not because they want to, but because in order to get that loot box in the game. It's Sony's fault that they have to do that entirely. So it's funny how the governments or the ESA went after the big three in order to get them in order to get everybody else in order. That's interesting to me. But it also goes to show, is this the beginning of the end for loot boxes? 
I would like to say yes, because we're seeing Rocket League take steps to get them out. We're seeing Epic take steps to get them out. And when people see, hey, like, for example, Overwatch. Uh, Overwatch, you have a 0.0000000001 chance of getting that Tracer skin you really want. Are people going to buy that? No. But if you charge 20 bucks for a, a Tracer skin, are people going to buy that? I think so. And I think what well, games that prove that are games like Fortnite, where the skins are stupid expensive, but kids buy them all the freaking time. And I'm not, listen, and I'm, at the end of the day, I'm not here to tell you that, hey, listen, all loot boxes are evil, and I'm sorry, all microtransactions are evil. I'm not that YouTube creator. There's <clears throat> there's others out there that will tell you that. I understand that there needs to be a compromise, though, between us, the consumers, and the powers that be that make these games in order for us to have a happy medium because Fortnite ain't going to be around if Fortnite can't make money, right? Overwatch ain't going to be around if Overwatch don't make money. I love Apex Legends. It ain't going to get be around if they don't get that money, honey. So I understand it. I got to take another drink of water. I'm sorry. I'm good. I'm good. I almost died because I choked on that water, but I'm good. Nathan writes then with all this loot box stuff, all this microtransactions talk, and he hits me from the left side. Thoughts on the Beat Saber DLC strategy? There has been two song packs which I bought, and both smaller free DLC editions. Beat Saber are Beat, are Beat Saber fans loyal enough to keep supporting the company? And I put this question here with all the loot box talk because absolutely, Beat Saber is a great example of how to do DLC right. Right, like you can't put songs in a loot box, but you could charge a huge amount for these games. And what they do is they charge you like how much they would be on iTunes, and they charge you how much like an album is. Right, like charge like uh, here in the states like ten, twelve bucks, and then in between they have smaller packs that are just totally free. Right, like the what is that band KIA? Right. That that song. <laughs> wake up <laughs> why do you want to put a little makeup yeah that song they gave it for people for free it's one of the best songs out there so people will support your game as long as you treat them fairly that's the point i was trying to make is that yeah beat saber fans are going to keep coming back to this game as long as they you know don't try to make beat saber two three four five each and every year they have a dedicated base of players that love it and it is a VR game that anyone can play, anyone can understand. So that game, the longevity is forever as long as they're smart. And again, even their fans have access, you know, if you're in the PC version of that game, to make songs for free. Like, it's awesome. Treat your customers not like they're idiots. Treat your customers with a little bit of respect. And trust me, not from experience, it goes a really long way. Because I don't just buy any DLC that I come across, I have to be incentivized in order to do that, right? And if I feel like, hey, I like for example, Apex Legends has a horrible battle pass, but I bought it because, hey, I really, really like this game and I want to support them because they're doing a great job for me. And I think that's where the industry is pivoting now is more towards battle passes and more towards these I guess they're reverting even back to, in some cases, season passes, like you see with um, Assassin's Creed. So microtransactions, we need to get into our heads. They're not the devil. But at the same exact time, we need to make sure that we're 
putting companies in check so that they don't take advantage of us. With that, whew, man, what a show, right? I feel like we did a really great job so far, right? Talked about loot boxes, how, hey, it's a give and a take. We talked about DuckTales. We talked about Destiny Shadowfall. We talked about Kojima at Gamescom. We talked about the ESA twice, No Man's Sky. This week's the best. Nothing could go wrong. What's, a, what's that? I'm sorry. Oh, Future Joe just told me. Uh, the next the next story is <clears throat> Trump McCarthy cite video games as a driver behind mass shootings. Jesus Christ. Devin Cole, CNN. Great. Before we get into this story, um we 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 I gotta lay down some ground rules, okay? Um I saw on Twitter. Uh, a, a, a streamer, and I'm just paraphrasing here, going, you have a moral responsibility if you have an audience to spread the word that, you know, video games don't cause mass shootings and that guns cause mass shootings. Um, you have an obligation, right? You, 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 There are people in your streams that could vote. You need to tell them. You need to spread the word. Enough is enough. Stop blaming my hobby. Um and I saw my good friend, uh, Bobby, the Nintendo guru going, uh, no, the fuck I don't like people come to me because I talk about video games. You know, I give them a little bit of escapism here and there. Again, paraphrasing. He doesn't talk as cool as I do. And, um, I walked away from that thinking, I think they're both right. And I think they're both wrong. So here's the thing. Here's what we're going to do right now. If you don't want to hear what I'm about to say fair right because i don't want to talk about it personally right because all i'm going to get is a bunch of youtube comments calling me a cuck soy boy and um going like i used to be a subscriber to your channel and now that you said things that i don't personally agree with uh i'm gonna unsubscribe and i'm gonna dislike and i'm never gonna watch your video again i hope you really think about that next time you try to get all political okay okay goodbye click and um, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> I don't. So here's the deal. I get it if you don't want to hear this story. So what I'm going to do is um, put it in the time codes or and in the YouTube description. So you could just skip it. Or since we're closing out the show after this story, hey, man, I'll see you next week. No harm, no foul. Because honest to God, I get it, man. It's real depressing. I don't want to talk about shootings. But sometimes, like we did it last year with the Madden shooting, unavoidable, right? Sometimes real life hits you in the fucking face and you can't just walk away from it. And so when I look at those two tweets, I go, people come to me for video games, but someone, but you stay for me. Uh, you stay for the creator. And I know that sounds like I have a God, God complex all of a sudden, but it's true, right? You stay for me, you continue to watch my videos, you subscribe, you like, you share because you see the passion that I put in, whether it's the my thought process, whether it's the graphics, you see my passion. And I can only talk about things that I am passionate about. And I feel like I need to do this for me because that's why I make content um, because I have a mental roadblock. Um, that I need to push through. And the only way I can push through it is by talking about it. 
so you don't have to listen. I just need to vent because a fucking 10 year old girl was shot at a fucking Walmart for buying school supplies. Think about it. Sometimes in life, you have to be a little uncomfortable in order to get shit done. So we're going to be a little uncomfortable today. I hope you guys are down for that. The comments from the two Republican leaders come as a grieving nation struggles to agree on ways to prevent future gun violence in the wake of massacres in Texas and Ohio that left at least 29 people dead. More as the end of this. Um, congressional Republicans have resisted efforts to restrict the use of availability of assault-style weapons and sweeping gun control bill that passed in the House with bipartisan support in Feb February requires a universal background checks have not been considered by the Republican-led Senate. This is Donald Trump's quote. We must stop the glorification of violence in our society, Trump said in remarks uh, from the White House Monday morning as part of efforts that he believes the nation must take. That includes, in his quote, the gruesome and grisly video games that are now commonplace. This is a separate quote. He says, mental illness and hatred pull the trigger, not the gun. Um... McCarthy, a Californian Republican, also cited video games as a driver behind gun violence in an interview with Fox News on Sunday. Uh, his quote, uh, but the idea of video games dehumanize individuals to have a game of shooting individuals and others. What the fuck is others? Uh, I've always felt that the problem for the future generations. Um, all right, I'm going to stop a quote. This is stupid, right? Like what they just said is fucking stupid nonsense. Like mental illness and hatred pull the trigger, not the gun. Donald Trump, have you ever shot a gun before? A gun doesn't just pull the trigger itself, right? I, like I know that might be news to you. You don't pull a gun to shoot it. I know they usually wheel the fucking injured lion to you before you pop it twice in the back of the fucking head, you fucking monster. But um, you're an idiot. Um, you know, Congressman McCarthy... You're a fucking idiot. And the thing is, well, they're not. <laughs> they're very smart because they know that this is going to distract people from the real talk. Because, like, everybody shows the graphs, right? Every, it's like Twitter's favorite thing. We're going to show a graph of, like, what countries have video games. Like, Japan, UK, where they're really popular. You see, like, gun violence, zero. <laughs> And then you see like one or two, like you see Sweden up there and they're over there with their chocolates and their banks and they got fucking zero. And then you look at the United States and this year alone, 292 fucking shootings. There's been more shootings than there have been days this year. So obviously they're trying to distract us as gamers Right, because they want us to defend our hobby while couch, you know, airplane parents come to try to convince us that it's video games doing, right? Totally ignoring the fact that we had this debate in the '90s with the ESRB. Totally ignoring that fact. Totally. Now people are afraid because they're like, "Oh no, this is political. People are gonna yell at me." But guys, this is just—it's just common sense. Like right now. Uh, the governor of Ohio, a fucking Republican, has put in place banning assault weapons in his state.
because of what happened in what Donald Trump thinks is fucking Toledo. So, no, it's not a Republican-Democrat issue. We're seeing it on both sides of people being sick of what's happening here and people being sick of blaming other shit for this problem. I love seeing what everybody's saying on, on in, uh, in the video game industry. It's like, don't attack me. <laughs> Look at yourself, dude. <laughs> right? Of course, of course, Mitch McFucking Connell, the man that looks like a half-human, half-frog hybrid, a man that looks like that frog in the children's books, but instead of being a kind old frog, he's an old racist one. Like, instead of the Skippy's racist uncle-looking motherfucker, has been paid $1.7 million dollars by the NRA. Of course, he's going to have negative things to say about video games and a lot of things to say about the National Rifle Association. Come on. We have to make them do something. And it starts by mailing your congressman, mailing your senator. And don't be like, hey, dickhead. <laughs> don't start it off like that. Say, hey, listen, I know you're up for re-election in 2020. Be real awful if I voted for your opponent because you won't do a jack thing about this. Right? It's stupid. It's stupid. It's dumb and it's stupid at this point. And I feel like the consensus is that people are just sick of this. They're sick of it. I, again, I feel bad for like my Republican friends out there. Cause like all the time you guys are treated like assholes, right? Like all the time it's your fault, right? At least that's what everybody makes you believe. But like when I talk to people who are Republican, they're just like, yeah, no, I want this to stop and I want regulations. Right. Like when I talk to people who are gun owners, they're just like the fact that I could get an, a, a rifle so easily. Yeah, no, there should be regulations to make sure that fugitives and people with uh, severe mental illnesses cannot get their hands on guns, which fun fact. Donald Trump, the president of the United States, made it so that it's easier if you have a severe mental illness to get your hands on a gun. You could be literally certified mentally ill. You can still get your hands on a rifle. You could literally be a fugitive. What the fuck? And you could still get a gun because of a law that Donald Trump put in place. Or, or repealed, rather. Like, isn't that fucking crazy? I could be running from the law and I could buy a fucking gun. Come on. And it's video games' fault? No. Stop it. Stop with the nonsense. Stop it. Stupid. <sighs> All right. That was my rant. Okay, it's not video games fault. Next time, what we need to do in the meantime is um, I saw this awesome, awesome father who lost his son uh, during Sandy Hook and he made uh, Sandy Hook's uh, Sandy Hook Promise. It's a nonprofit organization. And what they do is they they give talks around schools, teachers, advice of what to do in a school shooting or active shooter situation. Um, they help prevent suicides and gun violence. Awesome organization. Follow those people. Donate to them. Please donate to hope and love. And don't be afraid to be uncomfortable. Please. Please. That's all. Again, Republicans, Democrats, I love you both. We can solve this together with compromise. You know, we, we have a problem. And this is kind of goes with like branding uh, itself. It's like you're an Apple guy or an Android guy, right? And you'll argue about which one's better. And at the end of the day, they're both shit. You know, you're an Xbox guy or a PlayStation guy. And the fact of the matter is you play 90% of those games on both systems, right? You know, uh, you're... 
you're either a Democrat or a Republican. At the end of the day, you're still getting fucked. So, like, stop, stop just being in a camp for the sake of, well, my dad's been Republican for 14 years. Or, like, well, then, my, my parents have been Democrats for 40 years. Should I be a Democrat? Just vote for people who are actually going to give a shit about you. Duh. Done. It should be that easy. It should be that simple. Easily. And stop, stop cheering when people on the other side lose. What the fuck did Michelle say? When they go low, we go high. You know, last week I saw this whole PAX thing and I saw all my liberal friends just like, Colin got kicked out of PAX. This is the greatest thing ever. And all you do when you cheer is you look like an asshole. You look like a dipshit. And you look like the villain. And so that more people who, again, I don't know much of Colin, but like more people will look at Colin and go, you know what? This guy's being real nice to his community and all these people are just throwing shade at him. So fuck these people. I'm going to go give a listen to this guy. Just be nice to each other. Maybe if you showed, hey, Pax messed up. Cool. And you just lived your day. You made just one little cheap joke. And then you, you, you moved on, right? Like I was just like, hey, Pax, looking for a PlayStation panel? Bam. Good joke. I got out of there unscathed, right? With the whole gun issue. I was just like, the worst thing video games have done was introduce white people to the floss. And it is 100% right. It is the worst thing video games have done. Jesus, I want it to end. Alan did it. Alan did it. It's enough. All right, white people, stop it. Knock it off. I'm, I'm, you know what I'm happy about? I can end that segment with me, with me laughing. That's, that's the beauty of it. With that, audience, I got a question for you. Are you holding on to something? Good, because this time, PlayStation's got you covered. Prepare the drop. Each and every week, PlayStation drops the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation onto the PlayStation storefront. The problem is that there are way too many awesome games. So, Joe just picked one this week, and this one's pretty badass. Because this one's president isn't probably a racist. This one is Metal Wolf Chaos from From Software. The country is in peril as President Michael Wilson defends the nation against a full-scale rebellion led by Vice President Richard Hawk and the mechanized legion he commands as the 47th president of the United States. It's your sworn duty to take your country back by any means necessary. Holy shit, this is a close home. And end this adjust coup d'etat. All right. So here's the thing about Metal Wolf Chaos. You're the president in a big giant mech and you're fighting big, other big giant mechs. This is a game that came out, oh Jesus, Jesus, um, like PS2, Xbox day, right? Or maybe even early PS3, early Xbox 360, one of those. And it was one of those bizarre from software games um, where this was before they did Dark Souls or De Demon Souls rather. So yeah, this is like PS2, Xbox original days. This game was so weird <laughs> and it was super Japanese, but it revolved around the president in a mech suit. And it's just so stupid. And I believe Devolver Digital is bringing this game back that I honestly God want this game. I just want this game because it looks, it looks like stupid fun. So with that, <laughs> I'm just going to leave Metal Wolf on screen here. Uh, yeah, Metal Wolf Chaos is my game in the drop I'm most excited about. And with that, 
Nathan writes in. <clears throat> oh, sorry. This is Andrew House's snail mail. Um, each and every week, you can write in your PlayStation question, and you might get a PlayStation answer. You can write in via the Casa de Bad Bit Discord server or at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. I'm sorry. I'm running out of steam. What can I say? Now, with that, um, I didn't steal Andrew House's mail. I don't know. I just I just took it out of Discord this time. I said, Andrew House, you know what? You've been through enough, sir. You've been through enough. And so with that, Nathan writes in, uh, what's your excitement level on Concrete Genie? I know it's a budget game, but it's looking like a solid eight on the feedback I'm hearing from preview events. Um, talked a little bit about Concrete Genie last week. I know Kyle's super high on it. Uh, for me, if like I'm doing a numbered scale, um, I think I'm a little higher. I think it's 8.5, right? Uh, you know, budget, budget is weird, right? It's more like a, what do we call those games where just smaller scoped? It's not really, I know it's like a small studio. Is it an indie studio? Is it a double A game? Is it a budget game? Um, I don't know. Cause it's 30 or 40 bucks. Right. I don't know. Like that, that's a, that's actually a good question is what is, I guess concrete genie is a double A game. If I had to put a, put a, put a title on it but i'm thinking the 8.5 it looks really awesome it looks really beautiful and yeah people are really high on it it's a game that i'm gonna be getting i can't wait to play it on psvr and play it on my ps4 i'm in dude uh with that our next question oh no you know what all that serious talk damn it i accidentally activated the winner gamer uh <laughs> the winner gamer writes in with the excitement of Outer Worlds coming and being now portable on the Nintendo Switch, how do you think Sony will try to get more share of the sales? Good question. So Outer Worlds is coming on Game Pass as well. Um, and the Switch is on a later date. So for me, I'm looking at this game and I'm like, I'm hearing it's like Fallout New Vegas, but in space has me sold. Um I think for the timing, I'm going to be holding off on this game, but in order for PlayStation to get more shares of this game, it just needs to come out on PlayStation, which it is, right? Like, that's a beautiful thing. With Game Pass being there, people are going to be excited it's on Game Pass for sure, but if you're a PlayStation fan, we've seen game after game, things sell better on PlayStation 4, so they really don't have to do much, right? They just got to cough and go, <laughs> it's also coming on PlayStation, and people will come. You know, uh, who with that, the next question from the winner gamer, um, you activated him so nice. He had a question uh, twice. Do you think Sony will announce a new PSVR that is wireless? And so that gamers could let others use the TV and pop on the wireless VR to play games through that, or maybe have a unit where you could download games onto the PSVR unit itself. Maybe even resurrect the Vita. First off, um, just like Mitch McConnell, he's going to, if I'm PlayStation, I'm sweeping the Vita under the rug, right? You're just ignoring it as ever existed. As much as Kyle loves the Vita, I admired my Vita when I had it. Um, it's dead and it's it doesn't carry a powerful name, you know? The Vita was a failure of a console, so you don't want to rename something the Vita or even have anything remotely to remind people of the Vita. You want people to remind that it's a PSVR headset. And I really like what your idea is. You see, like, hey, um, you know, my girlfriend's using the the, the TV um, 
Or you know what? In this example, maybe I'm dating Chris Pratt. Maybe I made him leave his second wife and we're living really happy. We got a picket fence. We have three kids. Um, things are looking great. So like Chris is on the couch and, um, and I have my headset on and I'm just like, yeah, this is dope. Like I'm playing my game. It doesn't even have to be a VR game. I'm just playing it because the screen's in front of my eyes and he's out there, you know, watching after the kids like a good father he would be to our kids. And so, um, yeah, I think that's the case. I think that would be really awesome. But I was, I was even asking this to Josh uh, Silverman over at CalCod before we started recording, which was, um, what is the next step for PSVR? Is it just like something of, hey, you know, it's a more of an Oculus Quest where it is just VR on the go, quote unquote, or does it take the Index uh, line or the Vive line of, no, this is a this is a VR machine and it's doing all the cool bells and whistles. It'll you know, it'll see you from outer space and still work type of stuff. So. To me, I would like to say that it's more portable, that they don't, you know, I don't care about like, as long as the, the screen quality is better and it limits the screen door effect. After that, I don't care what it does. So I would actually like to see a more portable PSVR rather than a more powerful PSVR. If I have that on the go, that'd be really awesome. And so with that, that is the last question of the show. I want to thank Everybody for listening, whether you listened to that long rant of mine, whether you didn't, you just skipped to the end, you might be better for it. Who knows? I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you so very much. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever there's an RSS feed, you can find this show. And so with all that said, and with all that out of the way, Kyle, fix your gosh dang computer. Keep your wits about you. And have a nice one.